This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to the second edition of the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast, brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. Of course, we did one late night, immediately after the game on Saturday night with Cole Carmody and Ryan Gilbert. And this time, we got the man himself, Mr. Brian Hanley, our football analyst at Go Cat, former offensive lineman in those 98-97 teams. Brian, welcome. I appreciate you carving out some time here. Um, sure. By the way, folks, we are sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. From the golf course to the tailgate, show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golf, wear caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com and use code GPC on your next order for free shipping. Brian, let's start here. Just give me your overall thoughts on that cast performance that elevates them into next Saturday's Big 12 championship game with TCU. You know, I thought they did enough. Um, The first half, it was just kind of, it was touch and go. I mean, I, I just thought we did enough. I didn't think we did anything outstanding on either side of the football. Um, I just thought we did enough. I, um, it, it, I mean, we didn't play bad, so I don't want to say that we played bad. Uh, the weather was an issue. I mean, it just was, <laughs> you know, just it was an issue. Uh, but the second half, we kind of got some things going. Um, the line got better. Uh, I thought in the first half, our, our line played bad. Um, I'll just say that. But for the most part, like I said, we, we did enough to win the football game. And one thing that I, I also don't want to kind of remiss, Kansas is pretty good. Uh, and, and I think Kansas, people think, oh, Kansas, they're terrible. No, Kansas is not terrible. They're, they're, they're a much better football team than what people are giving credit for. They had some injuries, you know, in November. Um, but Kansas is just better. So I thought we did enough to win the game. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And, you know, special teams really did make the difference, particularly in that first half when um, the muff punt led to not just a touchdown for K-State, but stole a possession from KU. uh, And then the safety set up by special teams. And lo and behold, they're ahead by nine at halftime, and they got nine points off those special teams uh, plays for K-State. And it was enormous. But I am both fascinated by and concerned about the fact that K-State doesn't play the same kind of defense in the first half as the second half. 
And honestly, I think it's by design. I think they hold stuff back. They kind of feel out the opponent, see what they're doing. And then after halftime, when making adjustments isn't quite as easy, they throw the, everything at the opponent. They certainly took a different defensive posture in the second half as the first. They were much more aggressive. And they just got back to basics on the offensive side of the ball, Brian. They they yeah. asked their offensive linemen, be better. We're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Let's go. They threw three passes in the second half as they committed to the run game, and it worked. And I, I just kind of feel like they should have come out from the very start with that kind of mindset. This offensive line can be so good, but they also can be so inconsistent. They just lose their way at times in games, and that's concerning going up against a very good TCU team. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, the offensive line, in my opinion, in the first half, they were bad. Uh, We couldn't get any push. We had trouble protecting, um, and we were just bad. Offensive line has to be better this week. Uh, But also, again, kind of what you said, the play calling kind of leads into it a little bit. We just didn't come out with the mindset of running the football. And I think a lot of times the offensive line can feel that. It's when they know what the game plan is and we're throwing the ball every down. It's tough sometimes to get into back into that road grader mode when you're, you know, because as an offensive lineman, you're when you're pass setting, you're being passive. Right. Well, and run blocking, you're being super and ultra aggressive, trying to move another man against their will. So those lines sometimes can be blurred when we're constantly in the pass set mode. So uh, in the second half, they would work much better, uh, but it's got to be better. It's It's got to be consistent. If we're going to win this game, it's got to be consistent. I think it can be because uh, we can put a game together like we have in the past. I'm telling you, it, it's going to be – we're going to have some good news, but they got to do it. They got to go do it. Yeah, they have a, a high ceiling here. We saw it against Oklahoma State. We saw it against Baylor. This team can be really good on both sides of the ball when they put it together. And they're going to have to to beat TCU. But let, I want to go back to this in fairness about Kansas. How much better is KU? Because I think they're remarkably better. I can't believe the progress they've made in just a second here. It looks like Lance Leipold leveraged the transfer portal to supplement the roster. They've got a great quarterback in Jalen Daniels. But mostly, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, I think schematically they're really good. That's a fun offense. That would be fun to play in. It's got to be fun to execute. And it's tough to defend because they do so much pre-snap to try to distract you from what they're going to do post-snap. Yeah, and that's the one thing. Kansas is is so much better than what they were a year ago. It's not even funny. Uh, and so much better than what they were two years ago. I mean, it's just a, a totally different football team altogether. Not just personnel-wise, you know, mindset-wise. It's just a totally different program. Um, so they are much better. And again, I know people don't don't necessarily want to hear that, but it's the truth. Kansas is better. They're better, and like you said, they're gonna they're they're doing great things on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of things to to trick you, you know, pre snaps. So you don't know what's going on. They give you a look, and it's a look that you may have seen on film 
three different times. They give you that look and they do something totally opposite than what you're used to, which is what you got to do sometimes when you're undermanned. You got to have, you know, things that, that people haven't seen. You got to do the unexpected, something that I've called for a lot of times for us to do. You got to do some things that are unexpected. They do that. They understand that their overall roster isn't the best, but when you have guys in key positions, and Jalen Daniels is a heck of a football player, a heck of a quarterback, it starts there. When you got that in place, you can do a lot of different things, even if your line isn't the greatest. You don't have the greatest skill players. They're just so much better because they have a good quarterback and a scheme and a system that can put them in places to exploit you and also trick you they're just a better football team just better they really are it it is kind of uh incredible what he's done in just two years but brian i'm excited about it he's upping the ante yeah in what's been a really empty rivalry and granite kansas state still won 14 years in a row but it's going to be hard to perpetuate that for many years to come. KU will be really good next year. They return a lot of pieces. K-State's going to lose some guys, probably some early departures to the draft. But I still think, uh, you know, K-State has upped its own ante. It's It's gone on and, and gotten even better to the elite level of this conference. And I saw one. The one stat from 538, a a statistical company that does a lot of stuff with politics, but they got they wandered into sports a little bit. They have K State sixth in their computer rankings because the the three losses are to quality teams, and defensively and offensively, they typically go out and throttle everyone else. And uh, I, I think we sometimes don't appreciate how good this K-State team is because the offenses are so good in this conference, it gets difficult to fairly judge how good you are. But I think this is a really good K-State team. They just, you know, that two-lane game, you don't want to undo it because maybe it led to the good stuff to follow. But then they lose to TCU, and Texas was good on the day they played them. So I, I don't know what the the upper gear, the ceiling is for this team, but – I'm optimistic going into the final two games. And it it looks like those games, as we sit here today, are going to be TCU and Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And bring it on. Let's see what this team's made of. Yeah, I just think, you know, uh, I said at the beginning of the season that K-State was a good football team, was a really good football team, and we shouldn't shy away from those expectations. I haven't changed one bit, even with the losses. We didn't go out and play a stinker team. Everybody thought that Tulane was a stinker team at the beginning of the year. Turns out they're actually a really good football team, you know, and we know that Texas is a good football team when they put it together. They're really, really good when they put it all together. You know, you know that TCU is a really good football team. So at K-State, and again, we didn't get blown out by any of these teams. It wasn't just, oh, they beat us by three touchdowns. That didn't happen. K-State is really good. And I think sometimes as fans, we can shy away from, oh, we want to surprise people. We want to sneak up on people. No, you don't always have to do that, especially when your team is really, really good. Own up to it, stand on it, and be proud of it. It's okay to be a really good football team in Kansas State. We have one of those this year. Yeah, it's it's a fun team to watch, and some guys really had great nights against Kansas. And I want to start with the guy that I think was the MVP, which is interesting in a 47-27 outcome um, where the defense played so well in the second half and the offense put up a lot of points. Ty Zentner, the punter and place kicker, was incredible. 
incredible. He averaged like 62 yards a punt. He put them in yeah. bad positions every time he put his foot on the ball. He kicked off and pinned them back. He kicked a field goal. He was brilliant. And I'm telling you what, I think of all the players on this team, Ty Zintner has the uh, maybe the possibility to be the longest standing of the NFL guys because yeah. he can punt at the NFL level. And, oh, yeah, he can be your kickoff guy and your backup place kicker in case something happens to your kicker. That's a valuable commodity. I know my Kansas City Chiefs needed it at some point this season. Uh, they you know, had to bring in another kicker. But Zintner brings that to the table, and that's just – He's just playing at an elite level, and it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference when you have somebody like that that can flip the field. You know, and a lot of times people think, oh, well, he kicked the ball in the end zone. Yeah, he kicked the ball in the end zone, and I get it. And they bring it out, you know, but the net on that was still 41 yeah. or 20, 41 yards. I mean, he kicked a 61 yarder. That's okay. You know, it's one thing if you're kicking, you know, and it's a 40 yard punt. Okay. I go, when you're netting 41 after kicking the ball in the end zone, you're doing some things right. So uh, he's definitely playing at an elite level right now. Uh, it's a good change up from, from what we'd seen in years past. Um, and, and him taking over the kicking duties uh, and just doing it all, it, it's made us a different football team, in my opinion. It's made us very, very good. Next guy I want to talk about is Malik Knowles. Um, Malik has had a inconsistent history at Kansas State, but, boy, his last game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium was something special. He only had two catches for 10 yards, but he ran three jet sweeps, and off of that, he had two touchdowns and uh, a 29-yard run on the other one. He was a big weapon, and oh, by the way, he had a 69-yard kickoff return towards uh, the end of the game that set up K-State's final points of the night. Good for Malik. I'm glad he got to go out at home on a great note. Yeah, absolutely. It's just what you said. He had some inconsistency issues, I go, but it looks like that he has overcome that. Uh, he's in sync with the quarterback. Uh, he's catching the football. He's just a totally different football player that we've seen um, in basically the last 10 games. He's just a different football player. Uh, glad that he went out that way, um, having such a great night. Deuce Vaughn, of course, he's always pretty good. He was very good in this game. 25 carries, 147 yards. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry. But his play of the night was a screen pass, a little screen play when K-State was pinned up against its own end zone. It was a third and long. They threw a screen, and it couldn't have been a more perfect call to the perfect player. He went all Darren Sproles, made some guys miss, and went 80 yards. They did catch him before the end zone, but what a huge performance by Deuce Vaughn. And again, as I mentioned, they turned to the running game in the second half, and he was more than willing to carry the load. Deuce looks healthy and just is thriving in this offense. I'm sad that he's probably going to declare for the draft at the end of the season. But boy, uh, just watching him is a delight. He is a special, special player. He is. He is just a, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. And by all accounts, he's a phenomenal human being and a young man. So all congrats to him. Again, if this happens to be his last game, which all indications that it are, and maybe it should be, you know, good for him going out with a great way over your rival opponent at home playing that way. Uh, but the season's not over yet. 
Um, but yeah, Deuce, you know, what can you say? Deuce is Deuce. Yeah, he's he's just fantastic. He's fantastic to deal with and the whole bit. Will Howard probably played his least effective game, maybe, and it still was effective. Um, he, he was 11 of 21 in passing. He didn't have any interceptions, 213 yards, so that's pretty efficient for 11 completions. He had the big one to Sammy Wheeler for um, 42 yards. That was a touchdown. They kind of lost Sammy. I mean, not a little bit. They completely lost Sammy. It's like Sammy teleported off the field. They couldn't locate him, and he popped up right before the end zone again. Um, And it was funny to watch that play because you could see, well, Howard is looking and looking and looking. He's zoned in. I think it was Cade Warner who was double covered in the end zone. He's thinking about it, and then boom. The last second, he sees Sammy out of the corner of his eye, and he said, I just turned and said, oh, my gosh, he's wide open. He's waving at me. So he cut the ball loose. He called it a uh, a pop-up. I, I think he called it that. He said it was so high, he just basically had to catch it like a punt and then turn around and get in the end zone. But that's the thing that Will Howard brings to the field. Here's a guy that used to panic in the pocket, never felt like he was kind of playing the speed of the game. And now everything just seems to be in slow motion. He can just find people. He's fun to watch, too. He just goes through his progressions. You can literally watch him check it off in his mind until he realizes, okay, i got to throw it away or I can get the ball in there. He's made a world of difference. And as much as I like Adrian Martinez and think he's a great football player, there's no way they can't just continue to start Will Howard the rest of the season. No, absolutely. I mean, it's Will Howard's job. Uh, until he decides that he doesn't want it anymore, in my opinion. Uh, so, uh, and, and when I say that, I mean, move on to the next level. So, uh, Will Howard, the, the transformation that he has made from last year to this year is just absolutely incredible. Uh, I was talking to some guys today about it, uh, and they were just talking about who is this guy. And I'm like, you got to remember, he was only 17 years old when he got here and started playing. And I go, he's still 19. Maybe he just wasn't ready to play yet. And I go, there's something to be said for that, man. I go, think about when we were 17 and 18 years old. We were, were we ready to play big-time college football at that age? The answer is no. I go, so we got to take a, take a deep breath. <laughs> the guy's playing phenomenal football right now. It's good to see. Um, and moving forward, like I said, he, he's just it, – it's just good to see him playing really well right now, man. It, it, it just is. It's his job. Uh, and we're better for it, in my opinion. Well, K-State's missing a couple safeties. I think it's affected the back end of the defense. But Drake Cheatham had 10 tackles. V.J. Payne, the true, another true freshman here, had eight tackles. And Josh Hayes had six tackles. Linebacker Austin Moore was in the top four at eight tackles also. The back end of the defense got better as the game went on. That was my big concern going into the TCU game. That's my huge concern against Alabama. But they look like they made progress and they got a little bit better. They've got to be really good the rest of the season or K-State's going to pay a price. Yeah, they've got to be really good. Uh, they got to get better. The tackling in itself, just overall for the secondary, has to be better. We, we've got to be better in that standpoint. Uh, it, it got nervous. The game, obviously, it was a pretty nip and tuck game. I know we had a comfortable lead, but we were, I mean, they were never out of reach. You know, we never put them out of reach. Going against TCU, we're going to have to just be sure tacklers because they're going to come at us. They're going to come at us hard. They're going to come at us in waves and all over the field. We have 
have to be ready for it. So, and just what you said, they got better as the game went on. Sometimes nerves get the best of you, you know, big time rivalry game, you know, national TV at night, everybody's watching. I mean, and again, they're still kids, so nerves can get the best of you. But as the game went on, they got better, and that's all you can ask. One final guy before we go to a break here. He only had two tackles. One of them was a tackle for the loss. He didn't have any sacks. But I thought Felix Anyadike Uzama was incredibly impactful in this game. He just made life miserable in the second half for Jalen Daniels. He was disruptive. He would cause – he would funnel – ball carriers away and they're trying to double team him and they couldn't contain him man he is just so good even when he's not making the play he's doing something that helps the team out and that's a sign of a great football player i mean king felix i mean here's the thing if you do not account for him and do not try to stop him he will wreck your offense. He just will. He has to be accounted for by usually by multiple people on every single snap that he's in the ball game because he plays the run. He plays the pass. And if you don't account for him, he's wrecking what you're trying to do. And again, it's just what you said. Even if he doesn't make the play, he causes so much havoc that you can't do what you're trying to do on a normal basis. Um, He's playing at an elite level and we've had some really good defensive ends run through Kansas State and he's playing at the level at the very very top level I have no qualms about saying that at all at the very top level of the Kansas State defensive ends he's playing at that level right now congrats to him yeah another guy unfortunately he's only a junior that I think uh, it's time for him to declare for the draft and and move on but I, I think he'll play out this season because he's still got things to prove I mean, he can still lift his uh, his draft status quite a bit here in these next two games. Let's take a little break sure. right now on the Powercat Post Game Review Podcast, our second edition of it following Kansas State's 47-27 victory over Kansas at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday. When we come back for the break, we'll get into a little bit more about the future of this team and some other aspects of this game. I am Tim Fitzgerald, and that is Brian Hanley, and we will be right back. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat post-game podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast. We did a nice 
quick one after the game. Man, it was late. Brian, we didn't finish till like one in the morning. I'm too old for Ooh. that crap, man. I'm just too old. <laughs> just too, it's so funny. People are like, hey, you want to come out and have a beer after the game? I'm like, dude, I don't leave. I didn't leave the stadium till like 12. It was after midnight. <laughs> and, and by the time I walked to my car, it was it was coming down pretty good. And I'm soaked. Yeah. My backpack soaked. I'm like, no. And then my young guys, bless their hearts, man. When I was in college or college age, I, there's no way after a big win like that, I want to come over to some old dude's house to do a podcast till one thirty in the morning, but <laughs> there they go. Hey everyone, make sure you're checking out Caddyshack golf. I know I say it all the time, but their stuff is so cool. It's caddy with two T's visit caddyshackgolf.com for all your officially licensed golfing, Willie apparel accessories and more use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. They're great people at Caddyshack, really cool stuff more than just clothing too. Go, just go check it out. I think you'll really like it. Brian, I feel so good about where this program's at because I feel like Chris Kleiman now has settled in to almost like uh, Coach Snyder did with the junior college and your recruiting class that was kind of changed the face of college football by showing how tangible it can be to get into the Junco rates, if you get the ranks, if you get the right guys. And he was getting the right guys. Chris Kleiman and his staff are going into the transfer portal, which isn't anything unique or unusual about these times, but it is the way they're kind of shopping for the right kind of players. They don't really care where you played at. They carry they care how much you played, how well you played, and the type of person you are. And I think yeah. where a lot of these programs are getting into the portal and forgetting that aspect and they're bringing in you know ingredients into their locker room that might be talented players but they're not good teammates i'm just blown away by how sewn together this team is whether they've been here four or five years or they just walked in a year ago without knowing anyone on the team this team is so tied together it is a close-knit bunch and i imagine when you played at k-state with michael bishop and all them you two were a really close bunch it makes it I don't want to say easier. It makes it more tangible to be a good team when you're fighting for each other, not just because you want to win a game, but you really care about each other. No, I'll take it to that a step further. You're right when you said it. It makes it easier. It's easier to play well and easier to play for each other if you like each other, if you get along. It just makes all of that easier. And we were extremely tight. Did we go battle it out and practice every day? Absolutely. Did we talk trash to each other and try to win and every single rep? Absolutely. But when it came to Saturdays, we were rooting for each other, screaming as loud as we could for each other to make a play. That's just how we were. That's just how we were. And I believe that that's just how this unit is. You can see it. You can see it on the sideline. Everybody is excited for everybody, man. And that's how you know you have the mark of a good locker room and a good football team. The one thing that you did mention, Fitz, about the transfer portal, you're exactly right. The one time, and I think that we went out and got a guy who, hey, he came from a big-time school. We want to bring him in. It didn't really pan out, did it? I go, he didn't even play, didn't even make yeah. it to the season. <laughs> I go, we are, it's just what you said. Go find the right people. A lot of times these other schools go out and find guys. Oh, well, he was a, a former four-star that wasn't getting playing time. And he was a former five-star that wasn't getting playing time. We're not really doing that. We're just going out and finding, hey, I don't care where you played. Hey, can you? Why are you wanting to transfer? I think that's the main question that we are asking. Why are you in the transfer portal? 
And I go, and that question can't be, well, I want to find more playing time. Because if that's the only reason, K-State's not going to take you. They're just not going to do that. They're looking for better individuals, somebody that can make a difference. And not only in with them, but also on the team. And you have to find that because when you go out and you get – a lot of individuals that are looking for individual accolades and, you know, are kind of selfish type people that's to, that you can't build a football team that way. And we've built the football team. I think they're doing an excellent, excellent job in the transfer portal. And for where K state is and Manhattan, Kansas is, you have to use what's being offered to you in recruiting. The transfer portal is part of it. I know a lot of people don't like it to me. It is a necessity that we use it, and they are using it to the best of their ability. So kudos to the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really amazing what they've been able to put together. And I feel like Chris Kleiman, if they really want to kind of uh, get after it, could be the destination at Kansas State for FCS players that, you know, we've seen some good luck with that, that are transferring yeah. up. They've proven they can play. We all know now it's very clear that there isn't that big a gap in talent. They're bringing no. in guys. I, I think Reggie Stubblefield, honestly, I think he was better in the Big 12 than he was at the FCS level. He was. I, I yep, mean, it's hard was. to explain. They're, they're so good at identifying guys that are capable of playing at a higher level and going and get them. I'm Honestly, if I'm an FCS guy, I know I can play like a Bradley Moore. I can play at the – Big 12 level, I want to go play for a coach that will value me and not look down on me because I came from a lesser level. And so many coaches would do that, but no way is that Chris Kleiman. He's going to know exactly what kind of players he had at North Dakota State. Hell, his teams at North Dakota State could have easily won the Big 10 West this year uh, despite the lesser talent in terms of recruiting ratings. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to get back in the portal and go find some dudes. And as they have more and more success with the portal, it's just a great sales pitch. You know, this has been a great place for kids to flourish. Absolutely. And here's the thing with the scholarship limits, and they've been this way for a while, 85, you know, scholarships, the, the playing field gets leveled up pretty quickly. You know, it's not the old days where you could give out, you know, a hundred plus scholarships to guys and stuff like that. It's not like that, you know, and there's more teams that are now division one. So there's more opportunities to play. So, you know, the talent gets spread out. So, well, yeah, you might be an FCS guy, but you can also be really good. There's so many guys, number one, that get drafted from FCS schools. If you're getting drafted by the NFL, I mean, it's the old saying, it doesn't matter where you are. They will find you. And that's the, exactly what the K-State coaching staff is doing with the transfer portal. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're good, we will find you. And that's the, the, the attitude that we have to take. Um, again, it's part of our, our, our geographic limitations, but it is what it is. Use what, they're, what we're able to use and go make a competitive football team every year. And they're doing that. They're being valued. And it's just what you said. If I'm a kid and I'm at an FCS level, I know I can play at a higher level. Go to a school that's going to give you that opportunity that's going to value me. Are you going to have to deal with some of your teammates early on trying to prove yourself? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's what the practice field is for. <laughs> so it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. I did the same thing coming from junior college. They all question, oh, it's just a glorified high school. You know what? You're right. We'll get on the practice field tomorrow and we'll see. And that's all that those kids have to worry about. And I think it's great. Again, I've been on the coaching staff on a lot of them to recruit better, 
they're using what they have they're being given and the opportunities that they're being given and presented with to the best of their ability and i want to give them all the credit we got to keep going yep. but i'm giving them all the credit because they deserve it i did one of my daily delivery videos on sunday about the hiring of Chris Kleiman by his good friend Gene Taylor, the pressure that Taylor was under for hiring his buddy, and how it's proven out. And at the end of the video, I said, I'm not one to hand out contracts just because. I, I see that happening all over. Hell, it happened at yeah. West Virginia. Now they, they may not be able to fire Neil Brown because they don't have the money for the buyout. That's just so irresponsible of an AD to put their department in that kind of situation with a bunch of guaranteed money that, Honestly, the guy hasn't deserved that kind of guaranteed money. He hasn't earned it. He hasn't proven it. I feel like Chris Kleiman's proving it, and I would really like K-State to find a way to offer him the type of contract Nebraska might have thrown at him because he wasn't going to go to Nebraska, but I think we all recognize Nebraska was willing and able to pay more than what K-State can. I I just feel like they got to find the money to lock down Chris Kleiman, make sure he's not going anywhere, whether Gene Taylor's his AD or Gene Taylor is retired and he's not his AD. He needs to be at K-State. They need to invest in him like they invested in Bill Snyder. Yeah. Well, the next step is, is doing that. I mean, look, if you take out the COVID year, how bad was K-State? I mean, how, how bad was it? And it wasn't, we've been good, yeah. you know, last year, even at the, at the end of the year, I know we had that bump against Texas. We went to a bowl game. We won. I don't care what, who played for LSU. We won the bowl game. The COVID year has been the only bad year that we've had. And, you know, circumstances, I mean, it wasn't just COVID. I mean, it was COVID. It was a lot of social issues. I mean, Jiminy Christmas is a nightmare for K-State yep. when you're dealing with a team that's got depth issues already. And then you have to go through that. Okay, fine. He had a bad year. We bounced back, and now look at us. It's time. Again, I'm not saying you have to pay the guy $10 million a year because, to me, $10 million a year for a college coach is just its ridiculous. I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, so those schools that are doing that, whatever. But it is time to invest in him, lock him up, pay him more, and get him on a higher level because, believe it or not, some kids look at it as, hey, this coach makes such and such. Maybe I should go there. Maybe he knows what he's doing. Again, I'm not saying pay him stupid money, you know, $10 million a year, but find the right amount of money to lock him up long-term and get him on a different playing field because, quite frankly, the guy's earned it. Yeah, he really has. If anyone wants to pay me stupid money, I'm open to that. <laughs> Um, I can be both uh, stupid and rich, so I'm the perfect guy for that. Um, and also, let's talk about these offensive coordinators. He, he's got two first-time guys in their jobs. Joe Klanerman's been at it now for three seasons. He's grown tremendously. He gets me a little worried with his uh, casual approach to first halves when he just lets the other team kind of move the ball, but he comes out and slams the door in the second half. When when he puts together a scheme, it's typically going to work. He may not deploy it until the second half, but it's going to work and you can't get, get around it. That's what he did to Kansas. Now it was just two different football games on the defensive side and Colin Klein. We want, we're watching him grow up as a, as a play caller, understanding how everything fits together. Stop and think about how unproven and untested and uncertain Colin Klein was when they played TCU 
earlier this year and how he made the mistake of backing off the gas in the second half and then they could never recover. They couldn't get going again. He's not going to do that this game. If they're rolling, he's going to keep rolling. He's not going to try to sit on a lead. You cannot sit on a lead against TCU or they will come back and beat you. They've got the 12 wins to prove that. I I just believe that K-State's coordinators are in a much better position this week than they were what, six, seven, eight weeks ago when they played TCU the first time. It makes it very interesting to me to see how this is going to play out on the field. Well, I mean, clearly you get better every week. You know, that's the whole goal with pretty much everything in life. But especially, you know, you're dealing with football. You're trying to win every single game, get better each week. That's the goal. You know, and as coordinators, you look at what you did. And you get better. And they have both done that. Like I said, Colin Klein, to me, has done a tremendous leap from where he was at the beginning of the season, even midseason to where he is now. It's totally different. Now, part of that is you have a different quarterback that can do a couple of more different things so you can be more aggressive. Great. But that's part of learning your roster, you know, and that's good coaching. You have to learn what you have and play to those strengths. That's just what you do. Uh, He's done a good job of that. And again, it's like you said, the same thing that we did against TCU. He's not going to let off the gas. He understands you can't do that in college football in general. It's not just TCU. You just can't do that in college football in general. Offenses move the ball too well to take your foot off the gas. Um, and, And kids are still kids. If you relax, they'll relax. And they understand what play calling is. And they understand if you relax on the play calling, they will relax. And it costs us the last time. That's not going to happen again. We get rolling. We get a lead. It's time to put our foot down on the gas pedal and just drive until literally the wheels fall off. How big of an opportunity is this national stage at the Big 12 Championship? College game day is going to be in Arlington, which is really cool. Um, I believe Fowler and Herb Street are on the call for this game, which is really cool. And then you go to the Sugar Bowl and play a team that if it's not Alabama, it'll be Tennessee or someone like that. You're still going to get a brand, but maybe you'll get the best brand of all in Alabama. I feel like this is just an enormous chance for Kansas State to say, hey, you know what? I know those two other schools are leaving the Big 12 in a few years, and I know we're bringing in some new brands into this conference, some less proven brands that maybe are being elevated, but it's our time. This this is going to be our conference. Oklahoma State had an opportunity. Baylor had an opportunity. They both kind of fumbled that away this year with mediocre seasons. TCU is making a hard run at it. I just feel like Kansas State can assert itself right now with two more wins this season. And on top of that, as you know, as a guy that played on teams that did this, winning 10, 11 games is a barrier. It is yeah. It's hard to do, and they have an opportunity to get to double digits, 11 wins. That's eye-popping, and they have a chance to do it. I think it could really change the future of K-State football under Chris Kleiman. Here's the thing, and, and it's just a hard line. Kids understand brands. That's just where we are in the, the scheme of life, not just college football, just in life. Kids understand brands. You go out and you win the Big 12, you will literally get – three recruits that you didn't think that you were going to get. That's just going to happen. You're going to get three guys that you didn't know that you were going to get that will come to your school because you won. You go beat an Alabama or a Tennessee in the Sugar Bowl, you can jump that to six. 
you'll get six guys that come to your school that you didn't think now it may not at all be in the same year, but it will be over the next two years or 18 months. You will get guys that come. It's just what kids do. And this is our opportunity to put a stamp on this program and say, you know what? Texas and OU are leaving. And whether we believe that they're the class of the Big 12 or not, because personally, I just don't believe that, especially after the performances this year. But Kansas State has that opportunity. You win the conference. What can they say? Oh, well, they got lucky. They, no, nobody's going to say that you got lucky beating a 12-0 and football team. That's not what happens. Either you're the conference champ or you're not, period. And I go, and if you do that, I go, you're putting a stamp on the program to say, we're here. This is our conference. Come with us and be a part of it. I, I think that's something that you can go into every home that you want to go into and say, you go beat an Alabama or a Tennessee in a sugar bowl. You can go into every home that you want to and say, we beat them. And I go, it, it just, it opens up so many more doors fits and the whole, just what you said, the 10 and 11 win thing is tremendous. First of all, getting the nine wins, nine, eight to nine wins. If you go from eight to nine, that's gigantically. You go from nine to 10, yep. it's even more of a leap. And you go to 11, you're basically at elite status. I go, because how many more games can you actually win? I go, more than 11, 13, 14 games. So it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. So it's just a huge opportunity that I think we have to take advantage of. And I know the kids are going to give it everything that they got. Well, they beat an SEC team last year in a bowl game. It's LSU. Granted, it was a depleted team, but it was still LSU. And this year they might get Alabama. It'll be a depleted team. A lot of guys will sit out, go to the draft. Hey, that's your problem. That's not Kansas State's. If you go, that's too big of a problem, don't sign up for the bowl game. That's um, right. And and maybe maybe recruit some guys that want to stay in college football like Kansas State's doing and want to play the bowl games because they think they're important. So, I mean, that just goes with the territory. When you're going to recruit elite players, they're going to do what elite players do, and they should do, look out for themselves and and sit out and avoid injury. I'm, I'm all for it. Well, Brian, I'm going to give you a 60-hour notice to get your homework in on the Frogs. They played so well against Iowa State. They just humiliated Iowa State in a way that nobody had all season. That's yeah. alarming. Kansas State wasn't completely sharp in the first half, even though they led against Kansas at halftime. That's kind of worrisome. So when we uh, talk again, we're going to talk about K-State TCU on the pregame podcast because there's no rest. I love this. Hey, you yes. survive in advance. By the way, you're done with your regular season. You got to play next Saturday in Arlington on a neutral field and prepare for the best team in the conference. This is how you elevate yourself right here. This is how you lift Absolutely. up your brand. Um, so we will we will do that on Wednesday so we can have the pregame podcast available for everyone on Thursday morning. Brian, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's it for this second edition of the Powercat Postgame Review Podcast. Man, Caddyshack Goff's got their money's worth this year because we have enjoyed doing these postgame reviews, a couple of them at a time, quite often. And we will send you at least two more pregame podcasts. Kansas State, TCU next Saturday in Arlington to decide the Big 12 champion. And then, in all likelihood, it looks like win or lose, K-State will be headed to the Sugar Bowl. And as of now, the opponent seems to be Alabama. Oh, boy, it's getting fun around here. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. 
Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.